The Howler is brought to you by White Street Brewing Company. Handcrafted beer made in the heart of downtown Wake Forest. Visit us just up US 1 at 218 South White Street or at whitestreetbrewing.com. Welcome to The Howler. Your weekly look into the state of Wolfpack athletics. Now let's go to your hosts, Chris Lehman and Drew Blevins. Hi there, everybody, and welcome to the final edition of The Howler. I'm Drew Blevins, and I'll be joined by Chris Lehman shortly. This will be Chris's final episode here with us on The Howler, and we will certainly thank him for his years of service later in the episode. Chris will also get a chance to have his own interview coming up later in the show. But for right now, you're about to be given the state of Wolfpack Athletics, and our first guest on the show is NC State pitching coach Scott Foxhall. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time to be with us. Sure, Drew. Great to be here. So, Coach, let's go ahead and start with games that have been played recently. A series against North Carolina A&T that is cut short by one game by weather. That's bookended by a couple of games against the East Carolina Pirates, an in-state rival. You take three wins out of those four games. Talk about what that means when you're playing against in-state teams, not necessarily in-conference teams, but nonetheless you're playing teams in the state that really want a shot at you. Yeah, you know, it's very competitive in our state. Our, our state's a great baseball state and um, traditionally puts a, a few teams in the NCAA tournament, and, and this year will be no different. So that was a good challenge for us to, to step out of conference and play the play East Carolina, you know, once at, at um, their place, once at our place, and then it kind of worked out the same way with North Carolina A&T. Like you said, we uh, were scheduled for three, but it ended up being a two-game series with uh, one on the road and, and one – back at Doak Field, and, and uh, that was, I think it was a, um, a competitive um, four games for us. Um, we, we got to, since we weren't in conference, we were able to rest some guys that, that um, are going to be able to help us down the stretch, but we certainly um, made it a priority to, to put our best foot forward and win those games, and and uh, it is it is important, like you said, to play well against the teams in state because it uh it comes back in the on the recruiting trail um when when you're trying to to win over high school guys they want to know how you do head to head and and then uh, it's certainly bragging rights for our fans which is is very important to our program that we keep keep our fans engaged and and keep them happy and then give them some some uh, ammunition when they go to work and and go to school and then they're talking to to their friends from the in state schools and coach you did brush up on the topic of the recruiting trail and baseball by nature of being a little bit different sport from football or basketball you have a larger sample size of games to pull from when you're looking at high school recruits can you explain some of the differences of recruiting baseball players compared to recruiting football or basketball players well i think the biggest thing um that that's uh consistent through all the sports is it's starting earlier now and and you know, just like uh, you, you read about the football and basketball guys that are making decisions when they're when they're sophomores and juniors, baseball is the same way, and that's pretty consistent through all the sports. But you're you're right. There's more chances to see baseball players. It seems um, that the games are um, the, the games are played not only in the spring season for high school, but for um, baseball, we do a lot of our recruiting in the summer and then even into the fall. So. Three quarters of the year, we're able to see kids play and 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 get a lot of um, information on those guys. And sometimes I think we get too much information. Sometimes we're, we 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 like a guy and then we keep going back to see him and start seeing their faults. So 
it can be tricky sometimes, but it's uh, it's it's a moving target the way recruiting in in all sports works, but certainly baseball, it's it's uh, it's a fluid thing that that um, we always try to stay up on the rules and and try to stay up with what's best for our program and what's best for um, what's best for the way the baseball world's working right now. And, and one thing we're always going to do at NC State with, with Coach Avin is is uh, in addition to evaluating the, the talent, we're going to make sure that they're the right character um, people. And that's that's another thing that with the large sample size, you get to you get to watch them play more games, so you get to see how they respond to adversity. You get to see how good a teammate they are. Um, you get to see how coachable they are, and that's that's going to be a priority with Coach Avin at, at our um, helm. He he wants good character kids to come to to North Carolina State University. Well, and you talked about the the fact that a baseball season now is starting earlier and earlier, and that even expands up into the college ranks. And talking about this NC State team, the first game is on February 19th, which is practically right in the thick of winter. When you're playing those first four to six weeks of ball games, it's not necessarily what you would consider baseball weather. How does that affect your coaching approach and the way players are responding to the weather? Well, you, you really have to um, factor that in for sure because – Baseball was meant to be a warm weather sport, and and there's some things that that are much more difficult to do in, in cold weather. Um, in terms of baseball, one of them being pitching, you, you've got to make sure that that your guys' um, arms are in shape, and you've got to make sure that you're watching them a little more closely when the weather's cold, because that when they're pitching and and the temperatures are are you know at the freezing level and then just above, they're more susceptible for injury. So. We try to do a good job. We've got one of the best trainers in the business, and Anthony Sanderson and Gabe Button is our strength coach, and those guys help us keep the guys in shape and maintain them. But that's probably the biggest thing that, that we watch out for in those early season cooler games is the pitch count stay at a um, manageable level and that we don't overextend somebody on the mound. That's probably the biggest danger. But it spills over into the position players, too. Um, you know, it's probably easier to pull a hamstring when, when you're not loose and it's harder to get stretched out. And um, there, there's some things that, that I don't want to say it's dangerous, but it's certainly of a little more concern when the weather's, um, when the weather's cooler at the beginning of the year. And um, we're just glad that's behind us now. And it, it really feels like baseball weather when we play now. And um, we're seeing the crowds come out because I think that the people in Raleigh, are, are treating it like baseball season now. So that's the other fun part when it warms up is, um, you know, the basketballs are put away and, and March Madness is over and um, it really feels like baseball season the last two or three weeks and, and we're looking forward to playing here the last month of the season down the home stretch. It has certainly been beautiful weather in Raleigh, North Carolina, getting up in the upper 70s and lower 80s, gorgeous weather at for sure. You talked about the early part of the season, and this was an NC State team who came in in the preseason rankings fairly high at that, but there is a stretch from about March 9th with the Fairfield win that ends that two-game set, going down to ending with that one game played at Florida State, where this is a team that is trading win-loss, 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 and actually is a game below 500 in that stretch, and then all of a sudden, NC State starts reeling off victory after victory, what in that stretch, and then, of course, moving into games against Charlotte and Virginia, what in that stretch snapped or clicked to make this team all of a sudden so successful? 
Well, we, we have one. Of, we're very fortunate um, that we have one of the best leaders in college baseball. And Coach Avents, um, I told you about the recruiting part of it, that we're, we're going to try to get the, the best, highest character kid. He demands that of us on the recruiting trail. And um, one of the reasons is because he wants them, when they get here, to be good teammates, and he wants them to be coachable. And he he's a big reason. He He's big on team chemistry, and he's big on – learning to play together and there's some early season lessons that he always teaches our team um, that makes us better and this is only my second year with coach Avent, but um, it happened last year too and it's happening again this year and I don't think it's any accident that we're playing our best baseball down the stretch and I I really believe it's because he's a great teacher um, when it comes to learning why you lost learning how to make adjustments, learning how to fix those mistakes as a team um, as well as individuals, and then putting yourself in a position to, to win when the games matter the most at the end of the season. So um, I'm not saying that we throw away games in the early part of the season, but um, I think that Coach Avon is very aware of um, what will teach guys lessons and what will make things better when it counts the most at the end of the season. And, and I, if you had, if I had to give one reason why we're in this stretch right now, that would probably be it. Now he's humble and he would tell you, um, and it is true that a big part of it is that our kids have um, developed confidence and our kids have made the adjustments and the players are the ones that win games. Um, and, and they're doing that now. I give them all the credit in the world. Um, the guys that are playing for us and pitching for us right now are, are um, giving outstanding effort, but um, I think Coach Avent has put them in a position to, to do that. Well, and you talk about the kids who are all of a sudden playing really well, and especially with the kids that you're dealing with on the mound, and it spans for more than just the starters. It goes into the relievers and even the couple of closures that NC State has. It seems like Ryan Williamson has come on as of late. Austin Staley's giving quality innings out of the bullpen, and then you've got Will Gilbert and Tommy DeJunis who are coming in and closing games, both with overpowering stuff. Uh, what have you seen working with the pitchers? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, it's it's a group effort, and uh, I said at the beginning of the season that um, the, the the strongest characteristic of our pitching staff is that they're unselfish, and that there are a lot of them. And, and sometimes, if you have a lot of pitchers, it works against you because um, you never get the the four or five into the right rhythm to that are the best to, to help you. But um, we we've hopefully push some of the right buttons and and the the pitchers have responded to being put in different situations and and you know there's been a little bit of trial and error but um as you said ryan williamson's emerged as a top starter brian brown's been consistent from the day he got on campus as a freshman and and he's stayed in that saturday spot and and been a um just a, a great competitor every time we roll him out there he gives us a chance to win um Will Gilbert is probably, um, if, if you had to ask me who the most valuable pitcher on our staff is, it's probably Will Gilbert because he can close games. He can come in in the middle of games and, and give you three or four innings in a row. He's tough on righties. He's tough on lefties. He's a senior leader. Um, he, he's really been a big part of, of our success here the last few weeks. Um, Austin Staley as a freshman, you're right, has pitched well. Corey Wilder was our Friday starter last year and didn't pitch as much um, 
at the beginning of this year for a, a couple of different reasons has started to, to come on and his last three outings have been lights out and he's kind of taken over the Friday starter role again um, that he had last year and uh, done very well and, and I think you alluded to Tommy DeJunis. He, he's got um, he's got dominant stuff in the games and continues to get better as a pitcher and, and sometimes when he goes in the other team has no chance, and, and uh, that's nice to have at the back end of the game. And for you as a pitching coach and for the Wolfpack as a team, what kind of confidence boost is it to know that whoever is out there 60 feet 6 inches from home plate is going to have pretty good stuff that's going to be able to compete with the nation's best? That means everything, and, and, and that's a testament to Chris Hart, who runs our recruiting. He, he's done a tremendous job of building up our depth and, and making sure that we have enough and, and um, you know, I mentioned a few names, but there's there's so many more that our guys have confidence in, and um, it's fun to go out to the mound. A lot of times, pitching changes aren't aren't the most comfortable situations because the pitcher doesn't want to come out a lot of times, and sometimes it's a tough spot when you go out there. But this team, you know, a lot of times when I go out to the mound to make a pitching change, I can see the confidence in our first baseman, Preston Palmero's eyes, and Joe Denan, our shortstop's eyes, and Andrew Kisner, our catcher. When, when we bring the next guy in from the bullpen, they're just they're like, oh, man, this, this is a good matchup for us. We're going to get out of this. And uh, it, it means a lot when you have um, quality depth and, and just it's basically next man up, and everybody believes in the next man up. Well, and the next man up that I want to talk about is something that you might not have as much individually to do with, but this is a team that has also had some offensive help that's come on strong as of recently. There's power hitting in the lineup. There's hit for contact in the lineup. And overall, one through nine in the batting order, this is a team that's producing offensively as well. Can you talk about what that has added to the Diamond Pack? Yeah, it's impressive when you look at the scoreboard at the beginning of the game and they, and they post our lineup with the averages and it's hard to find the weak link. You know, we were looking the other day, and it starts at the top with Steven Patera, and, and he's hitting, you know, 330 to 340, you know, depending on the day. And and uh, it doesn't go – it doesn't drop very much from there. It's every – I think the other day we – eight of the nine guys that were in our lineup were hitting over 300, and the guy that wasn't was Chance Shepard, who's got 11 home runs, who – you know, it's got the other teams scared to death of his power. So it's a it's a good, formidable lineup that has a, a decent mixture of righties and lefties, and a, a good mixture of patience and aggression, and a a good mixture of of speed and and, and power. So it, it's a it, it's a tough lineup to pitch to. I'm glad that I don't have to pitch to our lineup. You know, if I, if I was doing a scouting report on on the NC State offense and I probably I probably wouldn't sleep too well on that Thursday night going into a weekend series. Well, it's going to take a full team effort to close what has been an excellent season out down the stretch. Twelve games left to go in the regular season. Home against the Duke Blue Devils this weekend, then on the road at Clemson and at Louisville and rounding things out with North Carolina. That is a very formidable schedule moving forward in the end of ACC play here. What is it going to take to be successful against all of these teams? Because with the exception of Duke, who started out well and does have some quality victory, Clemson, Louisville, and North Carolina have had equally as impressive seasons. Yeah, you know, the conference didn't do us any favors. When when our conference schedule came out, 
you know, a year and a half ago, but we usually know about that far in advance what the schedule is going to be. You know, we had our competitors were calling us going, wow, y'all, you guys got a bad call on the schedule. And, you know, those guys usually don't show you any sympathy, but it is, it's uh, it's the toughest road schedule that I've been a part of as, as a college coach in 20 years. And our guys have responded up to this point, but um, you're right, down the stretch we go, um, I, I would say that this year we've played in the five toughest venues to play in our conference. You know, Miami's probably the sixth. Um, and we missed them this year, but playing at Georgia Tech, at Florida State, at Virginia, at Clemson, and at Louisville, those are probably be the top five places that you do not want to go into as a as a um, co- as an ACC member. So it is a tough stretch, um, but our so far our guys have responded. Um, but the other part of that is, you know, Duke this weekend. Um, it is a very good baseball team, and we're not taking them lightly at all. It, it, it's it's gotten to the point in our league that um, anybody can beat anybody, and I know that's a that's a baseball cliche, but it is very true. Last weekend, Boston College, who's in 13th place in our league, 13th out of 14, won a series from Louisville, who is um, one of the ACC elite. So it has definitely gotten to the point where if you play bad, you will not win. You cannot play bad in this league and win against anybody. Um, and if you play good, you might not win. So you, you really have to play good and get some bounces. And, um, you know, we, we're not taking any series lightly, especially not this one. But you're right. Those are two difficult places to go right after the Duke series in, in uh, Clemson and Louisville and then to end with your arch rival at home. We all know what kind of emotion will be in that series. So um, it's a tough stretch. It, it really is, and it will take the offense um, continuing to, to gel and play well and, and all of the guys that I named on, on the mound and, and more to, to keep contributing for us to be successful. And the last question for you, Coach, without talking in too much of a projective tone, this is an NC State team that has been thrown around in the mix of being able to host a Super Regional and being one of those top eight national seeds. Does it really matter that you get that accolade? And certainly it would be important and impressive if you did, but what kind of an advantage would that be moving forward and into the postseason? Well, we really, I mean, we really play well at home um, and, and love our park and love our fans, and, and I think that would be um, a, a tremendous um, coup if we got to host, and and uh, we're certainly uh, going to try to do that. But I also know that this team is battle-tested um, from the schedule that we just talked about and from playing in the regionals in a very tough environment last year. Um, so if we get into the NCAA tournament, whether we're at home or on the on the road, I believe in this team, and and uh, I believe that they can, I believe that they can be um, enjoy some home cooking and would love playing in front of the pack fans, and that would be great. But I also believe that they can be road warriors and, and go on the road and 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 have a us against the world mentality and be successful that way. So um, we we just want to get in and and have our chance, and that's that's what we're playing for right now. It's pitching coach Scott Foxhall of the NC State baseball team. Coach, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Drew. Great to be here. On the other side, we'll have Chris Lehman with Ann Scheinman of Gaelic football. You've just been given the state of Wolfpack baseball. We hope you'll join us for the rest of the Howler. 
The Howler is brought to you by White Street Brewing Company. Handcrafted beer made in the heart of downtown Wake Forest. Visit us just up US 1 at 218 South White Street or at whitestreetbrewing.com. Welcome back to The Howler, ladies and gentlemen. Chris Lehman alongside the president and founder of the Gaelic Athletic Association here at NC State and Shinneman. And it's great to have you on here to talk today. Uh, thanks for the invitation. Oh uh, yeah, I, I want to talk first of all about the the two sports, the two Gaelic sports that you guys participate in here at NC State in Gaelic football and Gaelic hurling. Uh, it's a unique sport, something that you don't hear a lot about. It's mostly found over in Ireland. Uh, can you talk a little bit about how those sports work? Because they're very unique and combined a lot of different skills from other sports. Yeah, um, they actually are played very much internationally these days as well. There's a, there's a pretty large Irish diaspora um, globally. So we I, I actually am affiliated with the Raleigh Gaelic Athletic Association as well, and we've played internationally. Um, but the sports, I mean, you know, depending on what you want to believe, uh, hurling's a few millennia old. It is played with a stick. So I mean, it's kind of the best we can describe it is kind of a cross between um, lacrosse and field hockey. We typically in the States play 13 aside, and it's considered one of the fastest sports on grass. It's a lot of fun. Um, you can use your hands. You can use the stick. You can kick the ball. The ball is kind of, it's called a slither, and it's kind of a little bit like a softball. And then we also have Gaelic football, and Gaelic football is kind of a, I guess, rugby soccer amalgamation with a little bit of basketball and volleyball thrown in. Um so, I mean, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch, both sports. Um, they're, they're really pretty to watch people, you know, who know what they're doing. So. Yeah, and actually, just before we, we got on here and talked, I looked up and saw some videos of Gaelic football and Gaelic hurling. Very interesting sports, Ed, something that was very unique and I enjoyed watching. What got you interested in these sports and started in, Gaelic, in the Gaelic Athletic Association? Um, I actually, I tend more towards Gaelic football, and I think that's probably just because I have a soccer background. Okay. But one of the professors at NC State, uh, he works in the nuclear engineering department, he's played for over two decades, and I was just talking with him one day, and he was telling me about the sports, and they sounded like a lot of fun, and I was looking for something new to try, so... Mm -hmm. That's really cool. And so you also said, mentioned, we also mentioned that you were the founder of the Gaelic Athletic Association. How did that come about here at NC State? Well, um, I started playing Gaelic football and hurling with the Raleigh GAA. And, you know, I knew we didn't have one on campus. And there's actually a collegiate Gaelic Athletic Association across the U.S. Uh, so I figured I'd, you know, see what I could do about getting a GAA started at NCSU. And I, like I said, I mean, I was really lucky. Um, we have a professor at NCSU who actually has been playing for a couple of decades now. We actually have mm -hmm. a, a few people on the Raleigh GAA who are affiliated with NCSU. And we're also really lucky that uh, NC State has a partnership with Cork University in Ireland. So we oh. end up getting some, yeah, we actually end up getting a, a few undergrads in every year usually who have been playing these sports for a lot of their lives. So, um this past year has been great. We had a couple guys come over who've basically taken over a lot of the practices. They've got a lot more experience than I do. So, Okay, and that's where I want to start talking about a little bit. Uh, you've mentioned the, the Raleigh Gaelic Athletic Association. Can you talk a little bit about what the community of the Gaelic Athletic Association is around kind of the Triangle area in Raleigh in particular? Yeah, um, we actually have a much larger Irish population than I thought we did. I guess a lot of people come over, you know, for work. Um, a lot of uh, Irish people think are associated with, like, Black Smith Klein and the like. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and so, you know, they, a lot of them come over and one of the first things they do is kind of look for a local gay like athletic association and there wasn't one. So they got together and started one and, you know, they, they, I mean, they kind of, um, I guess, found other Irish people in the community, other people who were interested in playing Gaelic football or like the uh, professor that I think is mentioned uh, from NCSU, he's American, but he'd been playing for a couple decades. So they kind of got together and decided to start their LAGAA, I think, back in 2012. So for the first year, it was all men. And then I was actually the first woman to join the Raleigh GAA in uh, 2013. So we're, we're growing as a community. Okay. And that'll lead me actually into my next question. Uh, since you did found the Gaelic Athletic Association here at NC State, can you talk a little bit about how that has grown and uh, what it is now today as opposed to what it was when you started it? Yeah, I mean, it took a little while. For the first year, basically, we were uh, we existed on paper only. Um, and the second year, you know, we had a couple of people uh, come out and play. But I think really, especially getting the um, exchange students from Cork University involved, if they're interested, you know, it's like they, they bring something new to the table because they just they have the experience um, and the, the dynamics. So we really just started getting off the ground this past, uh, I guess, this past fall and spring. Okay, and I did notice you are actually a part of, I believe it's the National Collegiate Gaelic Athletic Association as well. Uh, yeah. What, how, is, how do you interact with other schools and, and set up matches? Right now, slowly. So um, some of that's, you know, uh, just funding, and, and that's going to come in time. Um, the National Collegiate GAA actually has uh, nationals every year at the end of May. So we've been invited to go to those, but unfortunately we're not going to be able to this year. Um, we actually started the NCSU GAA about the same time that Chapel Hill started up a GAA. Uh, so we're trying to get Duke involved as well. But um, but basically what we're trying to do right now is just grow the, the GAAs um, kind of locally more so that we can play against each other. And we've actually been able to play, uh, I guess, a game or so against UNC at this point. Uh, so you've mentioned that you've been able to play against North Carolina. Is it... Uh, the only team you've had a chance to play, or have you been able to set up some games against some other schools as well? No, um, well, no other schools, but uh, I guess the guys at Cork University have really taken the lead with uh, mm -hmm. reaching out to other teams um, outside of the colleges. And so we actually, this past season, played uh, against the Raleigh GAA. Um, we reached out, and uh, a couple of weeks ago, I wasn't able to go, but the um, NCSU GAA went to Charlotte to play. Charlotte's actually got a really strong GAA. Okay. The city does. So. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, and so I guess one other question here for you. Uh, how has, since it is fairly new here at NC State, how have uh, how has it grown and how have the students kind of adapted and uh, picked up the game? I mean, it kind of depends. Uh, you know, some people are coming out uh, looking recreationally. I think um, the Cork University guys have done a lot of the recruiting, and at this point, a lot of the recruiting, uh, because of that, has been international students. So unfortunately, they're going to be leading at the end of the semester. But, you know, we've been kind of putting flyers up. We have a couple Americans who are going to be coming back next year, and hopefully they'll, they'll kind of spread the word and help us grow. Okay, and that'll lead me into one of my final questions for you here. Chris Lehman on The Howler with Ann Shinneman, president of the Gaelic Athletic Association here at NC State. Uh, unfortunately for me, this is my last semester, and so I won't, I won't have a chance to try it out here at NC State. But if I were here for an extra semester, an extra year, it certainly looks like a sport that would be fun to try out. So how can students here on campus uh, connect with you guys and get with you guys and learn the sport? 
Um, well, I mean, we're pretty much done for this uh, semester, but we'll definitely be back, be back next semester. So we are on the student involvement site. So if you just look up NCSUGAA, you'll be able to find us. We're also on Facebook. So if you, again, Facebook, just um, NCSUGAA, you should be able to find us there as well. And you can also email us at ncsu.gaa at gmail.com. Okay, that's great. And one final question for you here as we wrap up. Uh, just uh, reach out to the listeners we have in the NC State student body. What would be uh, your argument as to why Gaelic football is a great sport to try out? Because I do think it's an interesting and unique experience that would be fun to do. I, You know, it's a lot of fun. I mean, for me, it's been a great community of people. I, I've been able to kind of meet people outside of, a, I guess, my, my own regular walks in life, um, which has been fun for me. And, I mean, it, it's just a great way to get out, exercise, um, you know, be outdoors for a little while every day. I know uh, sometimes you just need a break from studying, so... Yeah, that certainly would be something good to get here as we are in the finals week here at NC State. Well, and I want to thank you so much for coming on and joining us, and we really enjoyed having you. Well, again, thanks for the invite. Oh, absolutely, and certainly we'll talk to you again. Thanks for listening to The Howler, a service of Wolfpack Sports Television. Find out more at go.ncsu.edu sports. The Howler is brought to you by White Street Brewing Company, handcrafted beer made in the heart of downtown Wake Forest. Visit us just up US 1 at 218 South White Street or at whitestreetbrewing.com.